0: It's a destination. We are finally here. Let's go. What is good everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Destination Dynasty. I am your gracious host, Scott Connery. You can find me on X at Charles Chill FFB. And of course everything at Destination Devi over at destinationdevi.com. You can join the Patreon, patreon.com backslash all gas. Or you get access to the Discord by either signing up there or through the website at DestinationDevi.com. A few housekeeping items. There will not be a Tectonic Transactions that is coming out this week. Uh, So next one will come out uh, before the end of week 17. So stay on the lookout for that. That is my weekly article that I talk about what I am doing with my Dynasty Portfolio. Uh, and there will be a Dynasty Portfolio Weekly that will come out later this week. I'll be traveling and will not be able to record that probably until the back half of this week coming up after Christmas. And then finally, I have a ton of requests that have come out for Did It calls. The app is D I D I T, Did It on iOS. And if you're interested, it is essentially like a FaceTime call where you can talk about your roster construction one-on-one with your Dynasty team with screen sharing. I'll go through and do a full war analysis and roster construction analysis for you. The first call is free, so download the app, message me either on Discord or anywhere else you may find me, and we will set up a time. I'm going to be working on a schedule. I've had literally so many inquiries to set up Did It Calls that I have to come up with some sort of schedule. So I'll probably set up here a Google sheet or something to track the calls. Uh, Because a lot of people want to take advantage of that first time call where essentially we can talk for hour, hour and a half. There's been a few that have lasted over an hour and a half, literally going through the bare bones of your roster. So download the Did It app and message me if you're interested in setting up a free call. Then finally, Trades in 5. Will we be taking this week off with Trades in 5? Just a lot going on with the holiday week, so no Trades in 5 this week. Probably will be a mannequin chill, though, from Shane and I. We'll find a time to get that recorded Kind of talk about things to wrap up the season. Not sure exactly what the topic will be, but rest assured there will be a holiday surprise from Shane and I coming from Dynasty Trades in 5. Everything will still continue over in the Discord where you do get weekly podcast bonus shows uh, from Shane, myself, Ray. uh, Bonus content coming out of the Discord. So if you are a Heisman member or you are a Trades in 5 tier member, you get access to the private podcast feed that has those weekly AMAs and other shows that will come out. So check all of that out. Today's episode is going to be brief. want to wish everybody happy holidays. Hopefully you're safe, spending time with your families, etc. This is going to be the quarterback deep dive show where I go through every single depth chart and I talk about the quarterbacks that I'm going to be stashing for the offseason. Now a lot of these are self-explanatory. I'm going to go through team by team, kind of give some random thoughts on some random quarterbacks But this is going to be a piggyback to the roster construction series. So where I talked about quarterbacks, how the backup quarterback strategy and hoarding them going into the offseason is be one of the staples of my lineup league strategy going into 2024 to the point where I recommended in a 12 team start 11, 30 man rosters, 1.75 tight end premium, 12 quarterbacks out of 30 roster spots. So if you haven't listened to the last five shows, where I literally talk about roster construction, what I think is optimal, what I'm going to be striving to do with most of my teams, check those out. But this is going to be a follow-up talking specifically about quarterbacks. So we're literally just going to go through each one. Now, a lot of these are going to be rostered on most dynasty leagues with teams already holding these quarterbacks. So that's something you have to remember. And I talked about this last show, and I just want to reiterate that just because these guys are rostered, And I had some comments, oh, those guys aren't on waivers in any of my leagues. That's not the point. The last episode I talked about this, and I'll hit it again. It isn't so much about being able to get all these quarterbacks on waivers. Certainly there's going to be some out there that I know are going to be sitting on waivers in a lot of leagues. But some of the others are backups that were held for this year for a purpose. And you have to make decisions on, do I want to actually try to pursue these players and how do I do it? What I don't want to do Is go out and pay any form of liquidity or flexibility to get these QBs. The staple of the strategy is that I can build this hack, and I'll call it a dynasty hack, the backup QB roster construction dynasty hack. I can build it without paying anything. That is the key. The key is to be able to build my essential QB3 plus some market leverage. Hell, QB4, whenever I might need one, plus the fact that I can flip spot start QBs, and I'm kind of leveraging the fact that I know people are going to need them, and I'm going to be the bank that people are going to need to come to to get the backup QBs. But the biggest key is to take advantage of the volatility, which is why we're going to go into the offseason, starting with trying to roster 12 out of 30 of my roster spots being backup QBs. Now, some of those are going to cycle in. Some of those are going to fade out. Hell, there's going to be some guys that retire. There's going to be other guys where they draft a rookie, and now the rookie is pushing the backup for the backup job next year. you got to keep an eye on all of those. There's going to be movement in the quarterback landscape, but the idea is I'm starting moves ahead of all of my opponents. The other thing is I can get some of these QBs if I'm savvy. There are moves, and we've talked about them on prior shows. We've talked about it on Trades in Five a million times. Tier down trades, pivot trades, pivots within the same tier pivots up and down the draft board when the rookie drafts get closer. Getting backup quarterbacks thrown in. It's the same strategy as pivoting off of you know, a leverage deal where you're getting two running back chips for one. All of that to be said, I can probably build this quarterback room to hit the 12 number and I don't have to pay anything. And when I mean I don't have to pay anything, sure, I'm paying somebody else's preferences. I've tiered off one receiver for another and I get a couple backup QBs thrown in. I'm tearing off of the 302 rookie pick, and I'm getting the 307. I'm getting a backup QB thrown in. Sure, I'm giving up something on paper, but I've already done the analysis to say that I'm not really giving up much other than maybe a couple percentage points in terms of the shot on a player or two players that I have in the same tier. So essentially, I'm building this type of roster construction for free. That's the key. What I don't want to do is go, you know what, I'm going to start giving up thirds for backup QBs. There's a time for that. It's later on in the offseason. There's a time for that. It's during the season when you need those spot starters, but not now. This is eight months away from when anything is going to matter in terms of what's happening on the field. So I want to try to build this construction for free. So we're going to start by going through every team and just looking at the quarterback position of what they're looking like going into 2024. So we are going to start. First team is Arizona. So Arizona obviously is going to have a top three pick, most likely. Depending on how they finish out the rest of the year. Uh, And they don't have currently any free agent quarterbacks on their roster. So we don't have any quarterbacks that are potentially hitting free agency from the Cardinals, except for now they have the potential of are they going to draft a QB? Do they consider it? Are they fully sold on Kyler Murray? I don't know. But at least that's a question that you're going to have to keep an eye on. And secondary, if they are sold on Kyler Murray, it probably means. That they go into next year with a quarterback room that looks very similar to what it looks like right now. So, right now, if you look at their depth chart, Kyler Murray is the starter. Backup quarterback is Clayton Toon. This regime drafted Clayton Toon. They started Clayton Toon. They've kept Clayton Toon as the backup enough to where they were willing to trade away Josh Dobbs. So, I think Clayton Toon is one of those guys that he's probably on rosters, but I do think that there's going to be a window especially over the next couple months where the Cardinals discuss, well, you know, are they fully committed to Kyler Murray? That discussion is going to be had, and it's going to be out there. And I think because Clayton Toon is a fifth-round pick, he is still on a rookie contract, he's buried. He's not going anywhere. So if you can use that as a chance to acquire some Clayton Toon, he's one that I'm very interested in having. He is one of the primary, probably top 15 or so backups that I'm interested in, simply because this is a good regime. They drafted Clayton Toon, and they're probably going to either draft another quarterback or they're going to roll with Kyler Murray. And either way, most likely Clayton Toon is the favorite to be the backup. So that's a pretty solid one that I want to hold on to. Uh, and It's one that he was so bad in his one start that basically there's going to be people that have already admitted that he can't play and that they are be willing to essentially give him away for almost free. And he is one of those candidates where I'm going to go through my rosters and I'm going to say, all right, do I have just literal dead assets sitting around on my bench, wide receiver roster cloggers, tight end roster cloggers, guys just sitting there? And I'm going, you know what? Can I get Clayton Toon for Kayshawn Boutte? Can I get Clayton Toon for Charlie Jones, Evan Hall? There's a ton of names. Now, is there a chance for all those players that I name? Sure. But from my construction, I probably don't have room to speculate on those types of players. So it's very obvious how I can try to get Clayton Toon if he's out there on the waiver wire, pick him up. But if he's not, there's probably somebody that when they get an offer for him, they're going to wonder, why the heck are you offering me something for Clayton Toon? And then they'll think about it a little more. And maybe this analysis clicks. I've noticed that when I send out some deals for backup QBs, I get a lot of responses of like, yeah, I'm not doing that deal. But they don't know why. They just know, well, somebody wants what they have, so they're not going to give it up. But there's no counter because when they go, well, what can I counter when you want Clayton Tune? And a lot of times it's a draft pick. It's a third. I'm not interested in doing that, but at least it makes them think, okay, why does Scott want my Clayton Tune? So you can try that. Maybe if it's not me on the other end, someone might be willing to move that player. So next team up, we have the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Falcons are a tricky one because the Falcons are one where they probably go into next season as... Looking for a starting quarterback, I would guess, because currently they do have Desmond Ritter on a rookie contract. They have Taylor Heineke on a two-year contract. So most likely Heineke or Ritter are going to be the backup. I would lean towards Ritter, but you never know. You never know what they would do. You never know if they're more comfortable with Heineke as the backup. But assuming they change starters, these are obviously two guys that you want to roster. I think Heineke's proven enough that even if he wasn't on the Falcons, uh, that he would be somebody that would be a backup elsewhere. So that's probably one where maybe he is the slight underdog to Ritter to be the Falcons backup. But if you look at his contract, so going into 2024, he only has a $2 million dead cap. So if they do end up getting another quarterback, it's potential that could be the one that's moved and or cut. I would guess that there might be a team that's willing to pay him the $7 million that he's earning. So there's a chance that maybe they could trade him to be a backup somewhere else. The idea is both of these guys are going to be coveted. Um, I'm trying to take advantage of if either one of them start to get pushed out, or if it starts to get really, really strong, that the Falcons are going to replace their starter as is right now, either Heineke or Ritter, which I think it's almost a given that they're going to look at that in the offseason. I want to get both of these guys on my roster. So chalk both of those guys up as players that I'm very, very interested in acquiring. Listen, neither of them are probably good enough to be full-time starters, but both of them are fine as backups. If I ever need them to get in there, they're in that category of previous years of like a Gardner Minshew or like a Drew Locke. When they get in there, they're no different than a mid-tier QB2. You already know that they belong in the NFL as a backup. They're good enough. They both scored fantasy points in the past. So no problem trying to acquire as many shares as I can of both of those QBs. So the next up is the Baltimore Ravens. So the Ravens in 2024, Tyler Huntley is a free agent. He has been the backup in Baltimore for five years now. I believe he's been with the Ravens since 2019 or 2020. So 2020 he came into league. So he will be a free agent. He was an undrafted free agent. So he was an exclusive rights player last year back again with the Ravens. The Ravens did sign Malik Cunningham off of the Patriots practice squad. And interesting because Malik Cunningham and Lamar Jackson have a relationship going back to Malik Cunningham played at Louisville after Lamar Jackson. So it's not an accident that I think they made that signing. Malik Cunningham is one that I'm very interested in continuing to pick up. I've been able to pick him up a couple times for free, and I'm interested in trying to get even more of Malik Cunningham. In terms of Tyler Huntley, I think Tyler Huntley's put enough on paper already that he's also somebody that is most likely... Uh, got a really good shot to be a player that somebody else brings in as a backup. So he's one that's probably already rostered in almost every Superflex league. He's been one of the most popular backup QBs over the last couple of years. So he's probably on a roster roster everywhere. Uh, But he's also one of those guys that I'm interested in. He's still young. He's only 26 years old. Most likely he signs to be a backup or competes to be a backup somewhere else. Josh Johnson is also a free agent. Literally, the dude's been cut, brought back. He's been on, I think, 14 different NFL teams. So he's not really relevant. So Malik Cunningham, Lamar Jackson, that's probably looking like the favorite in the clubhouse, to be the quarterback room next year. Now, it's a wild card with Cunningham. You never know. Maybe they bring back Huntley again, and they go with Cunningham and Huntley. Uh, but the idea is I definitely want both of those guys on my teams next year. Uh, next up, we have the Buffalo Bills. So they have Kyle Allen currently as their backup. Kyle Allen is a unrestricted free agent next year. I've rostered a lot of Kyle Allen as a backup this year. Now, he's one of those guys that really hasn't gotten in at all. So he hasn't really played, and we've really never seen him as the backup on Buffalo. So when he hits free agency, I don't know if he's somebody that is completely seen as a backup elsewhere and is automatically going to sign as a backup. So I'll roster him, but I would guess he's probably one of those that is most likely to be not a backup next season, meaning if I have to break a tie... I'm probably willing to bet against him versus some of the other names that I know are already going to be on a team. So he's one of those like lower-end backup quarterback tier players that is going to be an unrestricted free agent. So if I have to let him go, that's fine. I don't need to roster a ton of Kyle Allen. Panthers. So the Panthers don't have any quarterbacks that are free agents next year. And with the Panthers, you're looking at Bryce Young, obviously, is going to be their starter. Uh, currently, their backup this year is Andy Dalton. I can't imagine that they don't just keep Andy Dalton next year. He's signed through next year. He's a perfect backup to sit behind Bryce Young. So this is one that we know Andy Dalton has been in this spot for literally like five straight seasons now. And if he's in there, especially next year, when you assume that they add weapons, Andy Dalton is one of the top 12 backups in the league. You know, he's 36 years old, I believe at this point, And he's probably one that's got another year or two left in terms of being a backup. So definitely interested in rostering Andy Dalton. And he's the dude... That gets cut in leagues. People cut him because they go, yeah, he's old. He doesn't have any upside. But again, I don't care about any of that. I'm not necessarily shooting for upside. I'm shooting for if I know Andy Dalton is starting, I can probably pencil him in for QB 18 to QB 25 in a given week. And it's not great, but it's also somebody that I know knows what he's doing if he gets in there as starting. So Andy Dalton is definitely one you may see cut. Uh, the Bears, hit on the Bears, very similar to looking at the Cardinals. Bears probably are likely to change quarterbacks in the offseason, whether they roll with Justin Fields or not. The good thing is, very similar to Clayton Toon, Tyson Badgett is going to be their backup. He was a guy this regime drafted. They started him a couple times. They know what he's getting into. Now, if they do have a regime change and they totally clean house, then maybe it's not that great for Tyson Badgett in terms of being the automatic backup quarterback. But if they do bring this offense back, especially the head coach and or the GM, I can't imagine that Tyson Badgin is not their quarterback or at least their backup quarterback going into the season. He's on a super cheap contract. He's already got starting experience. He's been the backup all year, except for the first couple games where Nathan Peterman was ahead of him. So no issues. Tyson Badgen is one of the ones that I'm very, very interested in. Nathan Peterman is their third. No interest in rostering Nathan Peterman. We've seen him before. He's been on numerous teams and he's hardly ever been the backup option. So he's not somebody that I'm holding into even with this strategy. Uh, With the Bengals, so they're up next. uh, Bengals backup quarterback, Jake Browning, another guy that's gotten a lot of playing time this year. Uh, So Browning is a exclusive rights free agent, meaning that he technically is a free agent, but the Bengals have his rights basically to sign him to a locked in market contract. I believe it's like 980,000 or something like that. I heard it on a show that that's what they're going to be able to sign him to uh, for another one year deal. A hundred percent with what he's shown this year, Jake Browning will be the backup quarterback next year. So it's going to be Joe Burrow, Jake Browning. This is an easy one to read. Not really interested in any of the others. They did bring AJ McCarron back. I have a couple AJ McCarron shares only because, you know, he's been a backup for the back half of this year, but if you're rostering AJ McCarron, he is one that I'm willing to drop as soon as the season ends. In fact, you want to drop A.G. McCarron before week 17. If you have him, literally just go in, mass cut him, pick up anybody else. There's a ton of other options I'll talk about in the show that I would get rid of. But next year, it's Jake Browning and it's Joe Burrow. So very, very easy with the Bengals. The Browns. So the Browns are interesting because I kind of wonder if they see Dorian Thompson Robinson as their future backup. I know they like him. I know they gave him starts. Uh, And he should be in the same mold as Tyson Badgett and Clayton Toon. And he probably is. You probably have to treat him like that right now. They also have Joe Flacco. They also brought P.J. Walker back on their practice squad. Uh, But they're going to have Deshaun Watson back, and probably DTR is going to be their backup. So very much like Badgett and Toon, he's going to be their backup. He's a first-year player. He's on a rookie contract. They're grooming him for that backup role, and they probably want him there going into next year. And it makes you think about Joe Flacco, because Joe Flacco, as soon as the season's over, as soon as this year's over, Joe Flacco's going to be on a team in every Superflex League. 100% of rosters, unless you're talking 20-man or less. But even those, he's probably rostered, given how usable he's been the back half of the season. But I kind of wonder, is Joe Flacco interested in being a backup somewhere? kind of feels like he came back to the NFL for this situation. Like, hey, we're going to give you a really, really good shot to start. Meaning like we have this rookie, Dorian Thompson Robinson, and we have this other guy, P.J. Walker. Both of them have started. Neither of them are any good. We got to figure it out. So come in here. You're probably going to get a really good shot to start. And he's turned into being really reliable. So I kind of wonder what happens with Joe Flacco. You got to hold Joe Flacco, but I'm guessing there's going to be a point in the offseason where we hear, yeah, Joe Flacco is probably going to retire, or Joe Flacco probably doesn't want to go and be a backup, but he's probably not a guy that a team is going to bring in to be a starter. Maybe he is. Maybe he's showed enough where someone goes, you know what, we'll give him a shot to compete for a starting job. But he kind of feels like in no man's land where you're going to have to hold him. You're going to hold him until he retires because he's been so good this year. But you kind of go into the offseason going, man, I'm not sure there's any value in Joe Flacco. There's going to be some tough decisions where you're trying to figure out, do I roster Joe Flacco or Clayton Toon? And a lot of people are going to go, oh, Joe Flacco, look what he did last year. But if you're talking about 2024 and going forward, I'm not really sure it is Joe Flacco. So it's interesting that that's going to be one that's most likely Watson and DTR. And I don't know if Joe Flacco just goes to the Bills and signs as the backup. Maybe he does. I don't know. But it kind of feels like he came back just for the opportunity to start, not for an opportunity where, hey, you know, you're going to be behind Trevor Lawrence or Josh Allen. And unless they're injured, you're never playing. You're just going to sit there. And I really don't think that seems to be what he wants. So we'll see with Joe Flacco. You've got to hold him until he retires, uh, but he's a very interesting one. There's probably a lot of guys I'm going to prefer over him, even though people have been really, really solid or excited to have him the back half of this year because a lot of these teams with injuries have had to rely on Joe Flacco. Next up, the Dallas Cowboys. So this is an interesting one. So the Cowboys obviously have Dak Prescott as a starter. He's a free agent next year, but not going anywhere. Uh, Then they've been rolling with Cooper Rush, who has been their backup for a while now. Cooper Rush has been in the league since 2017, and he has been basically with Dallas ever since then. He got waived, was claimed, came back to Dallas for like a month after he was signed to the Giants practice squad, but he's been with Dallas ever since. So he spent 99% of his career with Dallas. They waived him again before this season. He was on the practice squad, so anybody could have had him, and then they kept bringing him back. So he's clearly somebody they like, but I don't know if he's somebody where they go, we're just going to roll with him again. But he is under contract with the Cowboys still. So he's under contract for one more year. I believe if you look at his contract, he is a free agent in 2025, but they've waived him before and he has a dead cap of only 625,000. So is he a player they could trade as a backup option to another team? You know, could that be the backup option on another roster where maybe he goes to wherever Kellen Moore ends up or something like that? I mean, you never know, but the idea would be he could go somewhere else as a backup. And then obviously they have Trey Lance as their backup quarterback right now. And does Trey Lance slide in to be the backup with the Cowboys? I would assume that because they traded for him, they gave up a fourth round pick for him. They're hoping he ascends to at least be the backup. I'm not saying he's going to push Dak Prescott, but you would have to hope he kind of tries to ascend to be the backup next year. So Trey Lance is one of those that I've been actually trying to get throw-ins to deal. Now, because his name's Trey Lance, because he used to be a top 10 quarterback in Dynasty, he's not going to be a throw-in. But as soon as the narrative flips to he's going to be the clear backup, he's probably going to be one of those top eight backup QBs in the league where people just still would be excited if he got in there for a game or two. So that's definitely one of the premier backups that you're probably going to want to roster. Uh, But it will be interesting to see what they do with Cooper Rush because technically he is still under contract with the Cowboys through 2024. Uh, Next up, you have the Broncos. So the Broncos also do not have any free agent quarterbacks. They brought in Jared Stidham. If you remember, he signed a two-year deal, and they have Russell Wilson. Now, many projected that Russell Wilson would end up getting benched at some point for Jared Stidham uh, to be determined if that ever happens. Uh, But I'm guessing that this is probably the backup QB for the Broncos next year, at least the favorite in the clubhouse. I've seen Jarrett Stidham get cut numerous times in Dynasty Leagues. That's one that I'm scooping up because you could see a world where they roll into next year with that same quarterback room, and you just never know. If you think the noise was loud on Russell Wilson this year, and Russell Wilson's played pretty good. So I think the noise has faded a little bit. But if you think it was loud this year, wait till next year where the Russell Wilson contracts becomes even more friendly to the Broncos to get out of. He's not a free agent until 2029, but if you look at the contract a little closer, it uh, does become at least manageable for them to potentially get rid of him in a trade uh, and or cutting him uh, in either 2024 with a trade or 2025 uh, with a release. So it's interesting that you know that could be a volatile spot next year, but they likely go into next year with the same quarterback depth chart. Assuming that Sean Payton was happy with Jared Sidham this year, I can't see a reason why they disrupt that unless this is a team that maybe decides to draft one, because there's going to be something I didn't talk about yet. There's going to be teams that are going to draft QBs, right? Like we're sitting here going through all these depth charts, but if you go to mock draft database right now, NFL nflmockdraftdatabase.com, look up at the consensus big board, 2024, and then you go to the quarterback position. Don't even focus on the top. You got Drake May, you got Caleb Williams, you got Jaden Daniels, then you got Bo Nix, Michael Pennis, J.J. McCarthy. You have those six that are probably going to be first round, if not threatening to be top 50 or higher, right? But then you have a lot of these other QBs that are going to go later. And these are the guys that are going to disrupt depth charts. If we're talking backup QBs, you're going to have guys like Spencer Rattler, Jordan Travis, Joe Milton, Sam Hartman. There's many others, but there's going to be, you know, four five, six QBs that are drafted round three through round five. And you're probably going, you know what? Those guys are the candidates to be this year's DTR, to be this year's Clayton Toon, to where you're like, I have to roster them because they could be the backup, but I'm going to have to get them in the draft. So there's going to be some spots where you go, hey, Jarrett Stidham is the backup for the Broncos, but they drafted Spencer Rattler in the third round. So now you have to weigh, okay, do I want to roster Jarrett Stidham? Or did they just draft somebody that they hope would be the backup, and maybe Jarrett Stidham is a guy that on paper is the backup until we get in there, and then it push comes to shove, and who did the Vikings go to when they needed a quarterback? You know, it was Josh Dobbs after they saw Jaron Hall play for a half. You know, then it was Nick Mullins. Like, I don't think they ever intended to go to Josh Dobbs. They had to. But you notice that when these teams have a chance, when they have to go to a quarterback early on, It's not always the rookie. It's not always the rookie fifth round pick that they just throw in there. It takes certain profiles, probably special players to be able to go in there within the first month or two months or so. Uh, to be a backup quarterback right away. So that's another interesting one. Uh, Denver reminds me of one of those situations where there's just been so much talk about the quarterback position that I wouldn't be shocked if they're a team that ends up drafting a QB as well, and then they go into next year with three options instead of just Russell Wilson and Jared Stidham. So next up, we have the Detroit Lions. So the Lions quarterback situation got a little clear when Teddy Bridgewater announced that he was going to retire. Um, I've cut Teddy Bridgewater on all my teams. With Jared Goff not getting hurt this week, you can cut Teddy Bridgewater. He's not going to start this year at any point that's relevant for fantasy. So you can cut him. Uh, They did activate Hendon Hooker off of the pup list. So Hendon Hooker is probably going to be the favorite to be the backup next year. Uh, Jared Goff is a free agent after 2025. So much like the Cowboys, there's going to be some debate over Jared Goff's contract with the Lions going forward, Uh, but I think next year the intent here is Hendon Hooker to be the backup to Jared Goff. Uh, That's probably a fairly straightforward one to where Hendon Hooker is probably one of the backups that has the most contingent value, I would say, in the eyes of the community, meaning if there's rumblings about Jared Goff, people still think Hendon Hooker could be the guy they're molding to be the future starter, and maybe he is. I don't know. But the idea that he's now a little more valuable because Teddy Bridgewater is going to retire uh, makes it so most likely Hendon Hooker is going to be more than a throw-in. So I'll take the ones that I have, but he's also one of those where I'm probably not wanting to pay for him because he's one of the few backups that's going to have like standalone stash value, whereas I'm more interested in getting guys that I can buy for free. So Hendon Hooker, Jared Goff, most likely to be the quarterback scenario next year for the Lions. Uh, The Packers next up. So the Packers, uh, Jordan Love is a free agent after 2024. Uh, So one more year, he signed that uh, quasi extension. It was really just replacing his fifth year option where he got a little bit more money, but he signed it early. So good for him. Jordan Love signed one more year with the Packers. Uh, They don't have any backup quarterbacks that are free agents. So if you look at their backup quarterback situation this year, Their backup quarterback's been Sean Clifford. They drafted Sean Clifford in the fifth round, much to the dismay of many who wondered how the hell he got drafted that high. But again, Sean Clifford is not one of the ones that I've picked up. And I think that's a little bias. I'm going to call myself out here for the Sean Clifford bias. Why am I rostering Clayton Toon, but I won't roster Sean Clifford? And that's one that I probably have to look into. If there's any Sean Clifford out there, I have to at least say, you know what, I'm going to pick a couple of them up for the same reason that I would roster Dorian Thompson-Robinson, or the same reason I would roster Stetson Bennett, who we'll get to in a little bit. Jake Hayner, same thing. I mean, there's literally a dozen situations or half a dozen situations similar to Sean Clifford, but the name bias, Sean Clifford, he's bad. I won't roster him. I have zero Sean Clifford, and I'm sitting on half a dozen of all the others. So with that, because the regime drafted him, And because he's been the backup all year, it's hard not to say that's not what they're going to go into next year. Could they get somebody else? Yes, but I think the odds are very much the same as all the others that I have mentioned. So Sean Clifford, Jordan Love going to be the Packers tandem next year at the quarterback position. Next team up after the Packers, we have the Houston Texans. Uh, This is one where they've started three different quarterbacks this year. Uh, They've started C.J. Stroud. They've started Case Keenum twice. And I misspoke. They did not start Davis Mills, but he came in Uh, about halfway or three quarters of the way through the game on Sunday uh, and ended up playing pretty well, way better than Case Keenum has. Uh, So they've had a couple QBs in the room. Now, they didn't draft Davis Mills. That was the prior regime. Uh, Looking at their 2024 free agents, none of their guys are free agents. So technically, they do have all their QBs back. Case Keenum signed a two-year deal. He's somebody that I could see retiring, uh, but maybe not. He's got a $375,000 dead cap. Davis Mills is still on his rookie contract uh, from when he was drafted back in 2021. So Davis Mills still on a rookie deal. Case Keenum is technically signed for another year. One of them is going to be the backup. This could also be a situation where they don't need either of them as a backup. Because my thing is they brought in Case Keenum for a reason, probably more as a familiarity system type to be a mentor to C.J. Stroud. But he wasn't the backup. All year, Davis Mills was the backup. Then finally, Case Keenum gets the spot starts when C.J. Stroud goes down, which clearly tells me they didn't really love Davis Mills. So I do wonder if this is a spot next year where the backup is not there yet. And even though they have two guys under contract, is there a different guy that comes in and is the Texans' backup? So I kind of wonder you know, what happens with that situation going forward. Probably be on the lookout for a different guy. That means that for me, I'm not super interested in rostering Case Keenum or Davis Mills. But you probably have to hold both simply because one of them could be the backup next year. So this is one where you're probably holding them until you hear something. But in February, if you hear something about how they're interested in bringing in another quarterback or you know whatever it might be, both of these guys could be on a very, very tight leash going into next year. So that's the Texans. Next up, we have the Indianapolis Colts. So obviously this year we've seen their backup quarterback more than almost anybody with Gardner Minshew starting the majority of the season. Uh, Gardner Minshew is a free agent after this year. So he will be looking to go elsewhere. Probably has put enough out there this year to be a candidate to be a bridge starter somewhere. I don't think he's going to be seen as like in the Baker Mayfield category. I think he's probably more like Drew Locke. He's probably more in somebody may pay him to be like Taylor Heineke. That's another good example of where you may see a decent contract for Gardner Minshew, but he's a backup. I don't think he's somebody that you say, okay, he's going to compete for the job. Now, it may be a team that goes with a mid-round QB. It may be a team like Minnesota, for instance, or someone like that, where you're like, all right, they draft a QB, but they also have Gardner Minshew. So I think he does have a really good shot to ascend to the Jacoby Brissett. Taylor Heineke range where you're like, all right, this is one of the top three backups in the league. And even if he's not the starter, there's going to be buzz throughout the offseason that he's going to have a chance to win the job outright because it's a rookie that might not be ready. So definitely one. He's probably in the range that's too hard to just buy, though, because people already know this. They already know he's a free agent. They already know he's played before. So he's not like somebody you can just get thrown in. Maybe you can. Maybe you can get him thrown into a deal. Uh, but I think he's good enough to where you look at him the rest of his career. He's probably going to have a lot of other starts in the NFL. So he's one where if you just have him or if you can get him for something nondescript, can you trade somebody like a Sky Moore for him? You know, something like that, something that someone else may go, you know what, I'll at least take that over some backup QB. Like, I think there's a chance you can get that type of deal done. Give two of those players, hell, three of those players, For a guy like Minshew, and I would do it. I'm just not really interested, especially if people aren't sure if he might get a shot to start. I'm not interested in paying that price because that's more of like two-thirds, late second type of price, and I'm just not interested in paying that for a guy that ultimately is most likely just going to be a backup next year. Uh, Sam Ellinger is a free agent in 2025. He's still under contract with the Colts for another year, Uh, still on a rookie deal, but he was a prior regime guy. He's been third string all year, not really interested in rostering him, but I wanted just to mention because he's been there, he has started a little bit in the past. Uh, So the Jaguars, 2024 free agents for the Jaguars. Uh, They do not have any. CJ Beathard is still under contract with the Jaguars for 2024. He's been there for a while. We'll see. I mean, he's somebody that came over when he was drafted from San Francisco. Uh, is now with the Jags. He's been in Jacksonville for a couple years. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with Beathard. I mean, he technically is there. He's been okay when they've put him in there, but I wonder if this is a team that may go for a better quarterback, especially because Trevor Lawrence has been banged up quite a bit. Do they want to have a better backup? I don't know. But right now, C.J. Bethard is there. He is the backup. I have him on a ton of teams because I've stashed him from this year. And as much as I want to go, yeah, he's C.J. Bethard, blah, blah, blah. He was a third-round pick, He's been in a couple really good systems in his career. He's probably somebody that they trust as their backup. So this could be one of those where they bring in another guy, but C.J. Beathard is by default the backup going into the season just because he's been there. He started in the NFL numerous times before, and they're probably comfortable with that to at least start the year. But this could be one of those teams that ends up drafting like a mid-round QB and try to develop them around having C.J. Beathard as the backup. And finally, the last AFC team is the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have Blaine Gabbert as a free agent next year. Blaine Gabbert is a 34-year-old backup, been around for over a decade. I don't know if they roll with Blaine Gabbert next year. This has been one Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Allen. I kind of pencil in the same bucket. I'm not sure they're backups with a lot of other teams, but they easily could be the backup again uh, with the place that they've been for now a couple years. So Blaine Gabbert, he was the backup for Tom Brady. He could go back to be the backup for Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs. So maybe they return, but he's probably in the Kyle Allen bucket. I'll roster him for now, but he's probably one that's on very, very thin ice going into the offseason, depending on what the Chiefs may do, because he is a free agent. There's no guarantee that these guys that are free agents teams just sign them back. They may go, you know what, let's see what else is out there. Let's see what other backups may be out there and look at instead of just go back to the guy that they had. They had a couple guys on their practice squad as well. But for all intents and purposes, it's either Blaine Gabbard that they bring back, or the Chiefs are probably looking for a new backup. And whoever that is probably elevates themselves to pretty high on the pecking order in terms of, you know, potential backup QB options, just given what's out there. And I mentioned this was the last AFC team I've done them in alphabetical order, not by conference. But the point is, with the Chiefs, probably whoever they end up with the backup position next year is probably one you're going to be really, really interested in, given the Andy Reid offense. Next up, we have the Las Vegas Raiders. So obviously, they had Jimmy Garoppolo this year, uh, and they also had Aiden O'Connell starting for the most of the second part of the year. Garoppolo's still under contract. I can't imagine that they bring Garoppolo back. You don't survive getting benched and a regime change, and you remain. His contract, he was technically signed for three years, uh, but some of that was fake on the back end. Uh, they can get out of Jimmy Garoppolo's contract for only $15 million if they cut him, $4 million if they trade him. So whether they eat that or not, I don't see a way that he's back. I can't imagine he comes back to go, well, I'm going to stay in Las Vegas when clearly it's going to be a new regime. Uh, so most likely he is going to be a backup elsewhere. And Aiden O'Connell probably, and I say probably, just because the regime that drafted him is not going to be there. So there's no guarantee that Aiden O'Connell, despite starting this year, is going to be the backup for the Raiders. I can't imagine he wouldn't be because he's under contract. He's got starting experience. You would hope whoever brings in a new coaching staff will kind of sell them on Aiden O'Connell being a good backup option because financially it makes sense. But despite him starting, he's probably one that's not guaranteed to be the Raiders backup. But I think because he's got that starting experience, uh, people are going to value him a little bit more. So he's one of those backups that obviously you want if you can get him. Next up, the Chargers. So the Chargers have had Easton Stick as the backup for five years. Again, that was an old regime. Uh, Easton Stick was actually on a second regime, and he still maintained the backup job, but not anymore. Most likely, they're cleaning house, so I can't imagine Easton Stick uh, is going to be somebody that is a backup next year. Uh, the Chargers do not have any other quarterbacks under contract currently. That probably would be an option for this regime. They obviously had Easton Stick. They did draft Max Duggan and they signed Will Greer, but that again is all short-term patchwork. So they're most likely going to have brand new options going into next year behind Justin Herbert. And I don't know if any of the guys I'm rostering Will Greer, I'm rostering Easton Stick, but I think after this year, those could be the ones that are on a very, very short leash. If not, I'll cut Will Greer Probably consider Easton Stick if there's some of these other options that are out there. Just don't really see him very high on the pecking order just because of the disruption with the situation with the Chargers. Uh, next up, we have the Los Angeles Rams. This one I think is pretty easy. I think they went into the year hoping that Stetson Bennett would be the backup to Matthew Stafford. You know, Obviously, that was disrupted with Stetson Bennett's offseason issues and really never made it back, so they ended up having to sign Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz signed a deal with the Rams— And now Carson Wentz is under contract with the Rams, but it ends this year. So most likely Carson Wentz you're rostering. Most likely you have to roster Stetson Bennett because he was a fourth round pick. All intents and purposes, it was him that they wanted to be the backup, but it didn't work out. So I'm probably going into the next year with Stafford, Stetson Bennett, and Carson Wentz you're clearly holding on to because most likely he's going to be a backup elsewhere. Nobody really knew if he wanted to play or not, but he ended up there and really kind of learned most likely behind Matt Stafford, just kind of saw maybe it was good for Carson Wentz to see what that organization would like. You haven't heard a word from him since he's been with the Rams, and maybe that's good uh, for the future of his career. So next up, we have the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins signed Mike White before this past year to a two-year contract, and they have in-house Skylar Thompson, who was a draft pick in 2022. So this is an interesting one. I've talked about this a little bit before. I've been holding Skylar Thompson because I think there's a chance that he is the backup. They haven't had to go to the backup this year. When they've had to in spot duty, it's been Mike White. But I'm not sure that that's the case. That's an ironclad guarantee that Mike White is the backup. He probably is because they signed him. They had Skylar Thompson in-house. They saw Skylar Thompson start last year, and they still signed Mike White. But I'm interested in both, especially with Tua's concussion history. You have to be interested in both, and they're both under contract with the Dolphins next year. So definitely want to roster both of them. We haven't had to see the backup this year, really, for the Dolphins. But again, that's also a system where you go, man, I need every quarterback on that depth chart if they potentially could play. Uh, So next up, we have the Vikings. This is probably the most interesting one in the league because they have started four quarterbacks this year. Obviously, Kirk Cousins. Then they went to Jaron Hall for a quarter. He got injured, then they went to Josh Dobbs after trading for him, and then they went to Nick Mullins after benching Josh Dobbs. So they've started four QBs. Jaron Hall's probably the favorite in the clubhouse to be the backup. Again, like Clayton Toon, like Stetson Bennett, like Jake Hayner. we haven't got to, Tyson Badgett. These guys are already in house. So they're at least going to be on the radar because it's going to be the same situation. It's going to be Kevin O'Connell as the coach, and he drafted Jaron Hall. So Jaron Hall, by default, has to be there. Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins is under contract with the Vikings. So he's gotten that experience. They brought Nick Mullins in to start this year to be the backup. Yes, they drafted Darren Hall, which tells me Nick Mullins was kind of lower on the pecking order in terms of preferred backups, but they brought Nick Mullins in to be the backup. So they're going to have Hall. They're going to probably have Mullins. And then they have Kirk Cousins and Josh Dobbs who are most likely gone. But maybe they bring back Kirk Cousins. Josh Dobbs, you have to roster him because I don't know how many more opportunities he's going to get that looks like the the ones that he got this year, but I can't imagine that it's going to be less than a couple. So he's going to probably be a backup somewhere. And then Kirk Cousins, obviously, is going to sign to be a starter somewhere. So a lot of movement, but you probably have to roster all four Vikings QBs as is right now. If you have to drop Nick Mullins, fine. But he's a guy that's been a backup before and has started many games. So he's probably one of those ones where maybe he ends up somewhere else. But he's under contract with the Vikings. And they brought him in with the intent this year to be the backup. They never wanted to go to Jaron Hall. So maybe they were grooming Jaron Hall as the future backup. But the intent was Nick Mullins was the backup from the get-go. If you Remember, he hurt his back, which is why he was on injury reserve and didn't take over for Kirk Cousins. And then they went out of their way to trade for Josh Dobbs to play him eventually over Jaron Hall, who ended up getting injured. So that tells me they never wanted to go to Jaron Hall this year. So maybe that makes Jaron Hall a little bit less trustworthy going forward to be the backup. But I think it's interesting that you have Hall, the guy they used a draft pick on, his fifth-round pick, and then they have Nick Mullins, who they brought in to be the backup, but then he got injured. And maybe the fact that Nick Mullins has been a turnover machine this year is one of the reasons that they don't stick with him next year. But still, that's an interesting one where you have to roster probably all the Minnesota backups as right now. Next up, we have the Patriots. Patriots is one where I think you can probably just wipe your hands clean because they have Mac Jones. They have Bailey Zappi. They had Malik Cunningham. They had Will Greer. They don't have either one of those guys. They signed Nathan Rourke off the Jaguars practice squad. So they technically have him. But right now, it's just been a mess. Uh, Mac Jones, probably there because he's on a rookie contract but he's on a first round contract so is that a guy that a team is willing to trade for Bailey Zappi is a guy that everyone's kind of liked a little bit but Zappi they literally waived so clearly they don't value him very much but again it's going to be a new regime in New England entirely so I think you have to hold Zappi you have to hold Mac Jones uh, but who the heck knows what this is going to look like next year I doubt they have any quarterbacks on the roster right now going into next year anything close to what they've had in the last couple years so you can probably just wipe your hands clean and then you got to just hold these guys to see what happens but i'm interested in rostering mac jones for sure uh and then zappy who knows you know he seems to be like almost just a product of the patriots like if he's not on the patriots does anybody else view him as a backup i don't know but he's got starting experience now uh, and that typically goes a long way Uh, next up we have the saints so the saints are another interesting one they've had Derek Carr as the starter Derek Carr, unfortunately, is still signed with the Saints uh, for a little bit while longer. So it's not like Derek Carr is leaving, but Jameis Winston is a free agent. Now they can get out of Derek Carr's contract. So again, this is a team that could have two new quarterbacks next year, and they still have Jake Hayner, who they drafted in the fourth round, but has been the number three QB behind Jameis Winston. So I think you have to roster obviously Carr, obviously Jameis Winston, and then obviously Jake Hainer. So that's three. Jake Hayner's floating out a lot in leagues simply because he hasn't been the backup. People kind of forgot about him. If you remember, he had that PED suspension as well. So he was out for the first six games, Uh, but he definitely one I'm interested in as I think he's probably being groomed to be the future backup for the Saints next year. So definitely interested in picking him up if he's still out there. Uh, Next team up after the Saints, we have the New York Giants. Another one that's going to be influx. You have Daniel Jones. He's under contract. You have the interesting story with Tommy DeVito this year. You got to think Tommy DeVito has earned himself the backup job with the Giants. Again, Tyson Badgin, same thing. System. They brought him in. They've liked him. He's got starting experience and he's kind of got a little bit of like a celebrity in him now to where he's probably the perfect backup for the Giants. If they deem that he's good enough at quarterback, actually, he's probably the perfect backup for the Giants. Then you have Tyrod Taylor. So Tyrod Taylor technically is a free agent, but he's always been the one that has followed Dayballs being the backup. He brought him over from Buffalo. If you remember, Tyrod Taylor was with Dayball in Buffalo. Now, I doubt they go back to Tyrod Taylor. He'll be 35 next year. He's been around for a long time, always injured, even came in this year, got a chance. You thought he would be the starter the rest of the year. Boom. He can't even get through three games and he's injured again. So, probably they don't go back to Tyrod Taylor, but Tyrod is still one that he's probably a backup in the NFL. So, you got to hold on to him. So, right now, you have three Giants QBs you have to hold into the offseason. None of them may be the starter on the Giants next year. In fact, really, only one of them has a shot in Daniel Jones, and who the heck knows about Daniel Jones. So that's another very interesting depth chart to look at with the Giants. Uh, Next one, not as fun, New York Jets. Uh, Listen, I'm probably out on every Jets quarterback except for Aaron Rodgers. People will still roster Zach Wilson. I don't know, man. I don't know if Zach Wilson is a backup. Maybe he gets another shot with a different team. But it's already made it seem like Zach Wilson's not going to be back with the Jets. There's no way he's back with the Jets. They've benched him a couple times. He's gotten benched for Trevor Simeon, Tim Boyle. I know he got injured, so Trevor Simeon started. But I don't see him being back with the Jets. And I kind of wonder, does the league view Zach Wilson as a backup? I don't know. So you probably have to hold him just because, you know, any quarterback that could be on a two deep and the fact that he's a first-round pick. Now that I think about it more, he's going to get a shot. Someone's going to bring in Zach Wilson. Maybe a shot with a different system where someone thinks they kind of can rehab him into being a good backup. Uh, So you got to hold him. Nobody else I'm really interested in rostering on the Jets. Not rostering uh, Trevor Simeon. Even though he's starting the rest of the year, he's not good. Remember, he had an opportunity to win the Bengals' backup job, and he got cut. And all they had was Jake Browning. Now, in hindsight, that looks like it was probably a good decision, but still, the point was he couldn't even make a team that had an injured quarterback in training camp. I mean, they only had Jake Browning and Trevor Simeon when Burrow had the calf injury, and they still cut Trevor Simeon. So I just can't see Trevor Simeon being somebody that's worth holding. Uh, Another interesting one. Interesting one after interesting one, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, Jalen Hurts is their starter, long-term starter. They've had Marcus Mariota as their backup for almost the majority of the year. He's the one that's come in when Jalen Hurts hasn't played a snap. He's been listed as a backup. However, they did draft Tanner McKee in the sixth round. Again, this regime, this is a guy that's been off the radar, but Marcus Mariota is a free agent. So Tanner McKee is one that may be out there that you have to prioritize picking up if he's available because there's a shot that because they drafted him, they give him a shot to be the backup Going into next year. So that's going to be one that I haven't been on. Very similar to my blind spot on Sean Clifford. Same type of blind spot on Tanner McKee, but I have to go into the offseason rostering as many Tanner McKees as I can get. Next up is the Steelers. Uh, So obviously they have Kenny Pickett, and then they have a couple other guys that they've played this year. They've started Mitch Trubisky, they've started Mason Rudolph. Uh, They had Mason Rudolph. They could have got rid of Mason Rudolph. They brought in Mitch Trubisky over Mason Rudolph. They signed Mitch Trubisky to a multi year deal. And they still started Mason Rudolph. So these are two where... I don't want Mason Rudolph, obviously. He's going to be out on the Steelers this year. He is an unrestricted free agent. Does he get paid more to be a backup elsewhere? Maybe. Maybe he ends up back with the Steelers, but that's probably going to be after he hits free agency and then ends up back with the Steelers, right? And then the same with Mitch Trubisky. He's one where you've rostered because he has been a good starter in the past, or at least a starter in the past, right? So, you've got to hold him as a backup. But every time he's got in as a backup, it seems like he ends up getting benched. So, I kind of wonder if Mitch Trubisky's time as a backup is gone. I'll probably hold him again just because he has some pedigree. He was a former first rounder. But he's another one of those on that's on a very, very short leash going into the off season. So, that's another interesting one where a month ago I would have told you, wow, he's starting this year. There's no way that he's being cut on this any quarterback on a 53 or any quarterback on a two deep strategy, but I'm kind of rethinking whether I want to even hold Mr. Trubisky going into the off season. So that's probably one that almost could consider to go Uh, 49ers. So we only have a couple teams left. San Francisco is the next one. So the 49ers have obviously had Brock Purdy as the starter. They've had Sam Darnold as the backup. That's probably what it's going to look like next year, but Sam Darnold is a free agent. So I don't know if they end up bringing him back. He hasn't played. So there's probably no reason to say he's not willing to go back to San Fran for another similar deal. You know, you give him $6 million, $7 million, something like that, he's one of the best backups in the league. Probably top three. You honestly have to look at that system and say, is there a better spot for a backup quarterback than Sam Darnold in San Francisco? Uh, Brandon Allen has been the third quarterback, not really interested in Brandon Allen, but if I had to bet, barring Sam Darnold doesn't get a better opportunity somewhere else, aka more money or aka, hey, I'm going somewhere where the starter isn't Brock Purdy, and I have no chance to play over Brock Purdy, maybe he goes somewhere else. But other than that, I can see Sam Donald just coming back to San Francisco and saying, I'm probably not going to play, but I'm also going to get paid pretty well in a spot where if I have to play, it's probably the best spot for me to play to try to rehab my image. If you remember, Sam Donald's only 26 years old. So worst case scenario for him, he gets paid decent money, goes back to San Fran. If he has to play for a couple games, guess what? It's a great place to have to play if you're a backup. Maybe he does that rather than go to Washington or Atlanta. And I'm just giving those specific situations as where bridge quarterbacks went this year, but they still had to battle somebody in a spot that probably wasn't that great. So I'm guessing Sam Darnold, pretty good chance that he comes back to San Francisco on another deal where he gets paid pretty well to be a backup. And if he has to go in, Let's say he had to play eight games next year. Now you're going, well, man, he played pretty well. You know, maybe he gets an even better shot for more money than next year as a starter. So I think Darnold and Brock Purdy is likely to be what their quarterback situation is next year. A few more left. We have Seattle. Drew Locke is a free agent. I think Drew Locke, even in the one game that he started this year, I think Drew Locke showed that he probably deserves one of those bridge shots to start. Does he get it? I don't know. But I think Drew Locke is good enough to be on somebody's radar. Hey, we may need a starter for the first half of the year to pair with a draft pick. I think he's a perfect one. Uh, if you can get Drew Locke to throw in, I've seen him even cut in some leagues, which is crazy. As soon as Chino Smith came back, I saw Drew Locke cut in a couple leagues. And if you're playing this strategy, I mean, this might be the best option out there at backup QB to get with Drew Locke. So that's definitely one that I would be interested in. Uh, Seahawks feel like another one of those teams that is primed to draft a mid-round quarterback as the future backup. They only have two quarterbacks right now. They do have Sean Mannion on their practice squad. i uh, not interested in him. This feels like another one of those situations. This could be like a Hendon Hooker situation, like a Jake Hayner situation, where a team drafts a quarterback with like a round three pick, and that might be somebody that we like. You know they draft a quarterback, and you go, that's an interesting one. You know they draft somebody like Jordan Travis, someone like that, and you go, you know what? I can actually see him in that situation thriving if he ever gets in there because the starter is still going to be Geno Smith. But the good news is for the quarterback that's there, the starter is still Geno Smith. So with that, Drew Locke, you want you want Geno Smith, obviously, but I definitely see this one as a really good landing spot for a rookie mid-round quarterback to go. And we have three teams left. We have Tampa Bay. I saw the report about them being interested in Baker Mayfield, who is a free agent. Baker Mayfield's had a good year. He's going to be somebody that maybe the Buccaneers approach him with an extension. But if they don't, I think there's going to be a lot of interest in the league for Baker Mayfield as the starter. So he's definitely one that you would want. Looking at the rest of the depth chart, they've had Kyle Trask. Now, Kyle Trask has survived multiple regimes. Kyle Trask has been there for a couple years, He's been there since 2021. He's been the backup since 2021, except for short-term Blaine Gabbard was the backup for him in his rookie year. But I'm guessing they probably just keep Kyle Trask as the backup next year. Like this wouldn't be one. If you would have told me going into this year that Tampa Bay would have Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask as their two quarterbacks going into 2024, I would have said no way. But I think the more and more we see it play out, that's probably what's likely is these are their two QBs going into 2024. Now, do they draft another guy on top of Kyle Trask and say, you know what, we're going to try to push Kyle Trask? Because again, this regime did not draft Kyle Trask. So there's a chance they bring in their own guy and kind of go, well, you're going to have to battle Kyle Trask for the backup role. Kind of similar to the Nick Mullins-Jaron Hall situation, where one guy's the backup by default because he's been there before, but the other one is somebody that they drafted and you probably would value after a little bit of time goes by. So you got a roster Trask, but that's one that's probably on a little bit of a shorter leash just due to the regime change. And then it'll be interesting to see if they bring Baker back. If they don't, it's a team that's wide open. Could be wide open for any of these QBs to go to. Uh, Two more, Tennessee Titans. So Ryan Tannehill is a free agent. He will be gone. He will probably get a chance to be the bridge quarterback starting somewhere else. Uh, Then they do have Malik Willis, and they do have Will Levis. Malik Willis is an interesting one. Because Will Levis probably is the favorite to start for the Titans next year, right? You know, they just lost this week's game with him out. uh, Probably the swan song for Ryan Tannehill. But Will Levis definitely will be the backup, if not the starter, next year. He's there. He's very valuable, a guy that started games. Somebody, I mean, he reminds me a little bit of Drew Locke, to where you're like, he's good enough to be a starter, but at some point they may go, we can get a better guy. So we're willing to take that shot. That's exactly what happened with the Broncos, right? They gave Drew Locke two years, and then they're like, we can get Russell Wilson. Now, whether he ended up being better than Russell Wilson, that's not necessarily the case. But if you remember, they brought in Teddy Bridgewater. He went back and forth with starting against Drew Locke, and then boom, they had a chance to upgrade, so they moved on from Drew Locke. That's like the floor, I think, for Will Levis, which means he's going to be in this spot. He's going to be a quarterback you're going to want for a while. Malik Willis, I'm honestly not rostering Malik Willis. For the reason, I don't know if the Titans feel comfortable going into next year with Malik Willis as their backup. Maybe they do. And maybe that's bad strategy to not be in on somebody like Malik Willis. Because because they've had Levis there, and he's clearly ahead of Willis, and they had Tannehill here, I've actually seen Willis dumped in some leagues. And I can't blame people because he has no path to playing time. And when he's played, he's been very bad at the actual quarterback position. But let me know if you think that that's maybe a blind spot of me not rostering Malik Willis because maybe there's a shot they go into next year with just Will Levis and Malik Willis. And maybe I'm going, okay, he's an injury away and a little bit of development from being maybe a higher upside spot start quarterback. So let me know if I have a blind spot on Malik Willis, but I just haven't really thought about trying to get him as a throw in. He's been one of the ones where I've automatically, my mind has said he's penciled into as somebody that's going to get lost in the shuffle. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Then the last team, Washington Commanders. So this is going to be one where it's probably a complete overhaul. A month ago, people were telling you that Sam Howell was going to be the future starter. They're going to build around him. I can't think of a quarterback that has gone from that, people trading first-round picks for him, to a guy that's literally gotten himself benched and zero shot to be the starter for the Commanders next year. I mean, he's gone from like a 9 down to a one or a two to the point where he's gotten benched two straight games and has almost no dynasty value. Now Washington is trending and getting a top three or four pick. So I just don't see a path for Sam Howell to be anything but a backup. Now, is he going to be a backup? Yeah, there's no doubt he's going to be a backup in the NFL. But Jacoby Brissett is a free agent. It'll be interesting to see if the new regime values Sam Howell as a backup. Again, whenever there's a new regime, no matter what you think of the quarterbacks there, they may prefer different guys. And I do think Sam Howe would have some appeal to be somebody else's backup. He could be a guy that somebody trades to be their backup, and then they end up just getting a new backup. So I think this is one where you got to roster Brissett, because he definitely goes back to a new role. He's been fine when he came in this year. He's been better than Sam Howe the last two weeks. So he's been fine when he comes in. And then he's likely to move on to be a backup somewhere else, so you have to roster him. But then also Sam Howe most likely is going to be a backup somewhere, whether it's Washington or whether it's not. But he's a fifth-round pick. He's still got two more years on a cheap rookie deal, so I can't imagine the team doesn't say he's pretty valuable as our backup going into next year, even if they're changing regimes. So with that, that's the end of the quarterback carousel episode. I've gone through every team. And I'll just say right now, looking at my portfolio, I'm just going to be dead honest right now. I am rostering a total of 72 different quarterbacks. Now I think I've mentioned more than 72 in this show, but I'm rostering 72 different quarterbacks. Now going through the names, sorting from the top all the way down to the bottom, I have some where I go, you know what, there's going to be some movement on some of these guys I mentioned. Like Easton Stick, I don't know if Easton Stick's a backup going forward. Kyle Allen, I don't know if he's a backup going forward. Blaine Gabbard, I don't know if he's a backup going forward. Those three, people pretty much just rostered them because they were the backups to Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. To what we thought were all good offenses, meaning, well, I just have to have the backup. But wouldn't be shocked if all three of those guys are not backups and they're clearly not back with the team that had them this year. Then you have guys like Skylar Thompson. I have a ton of Skylar Thompson hedging my bets on the Miami backup situation next year. Joe Flacco, 11 shares of Joe Flacco, almost 24% of my portfolio. I've cut some leagues out, so the percentage is a little bit higher. But Joe Flacco, ton of Joe Flacco, a dude that could retire. So that's one where you go, he could go from, man, he's a top five backup in the league, but he's also a guy that end up could be getting cut on every roster because he literally retires from the NFL. Cooper Rush, another one, Uh, has been a backup for Dallas, but outside of Dallas, doesn't appear the NFL values him at all. Then you kind of just go down the line and you see some other names, and I'm hanging on to a couple names. Teddy Bridgewater, I have a few shares of him left over still. He'll be cut since I know he's going to retire. Then there's even some more that I go down even further, and you see names like Case Keenum. That's probably one that ends up getting cut, but we already talked about him. Could be a guy that's just back with the Texans. Then there's a few others I'm going to get rid of. Will Greer, not going to carry him into the offseason. A.J. McCarron, not going to carry him into the offseason. Trevor Simeon, not going to carry him. So this is probably going to get cut down to 65-ish. 65 to 70, most likely is going to be the number. I mentioned a few that I have none on that maybe I have blind spots for. Malik Willis, none of him. Sean Clifford, none of him. Tanner McKee, none of him. Those are three that I should look into, at least hedging my bets on those. Uh, But we're probably right around that 70 number. Maybe it's up to 75. I don't know. But I've gone through, gone through each team. But if you just listen to this and you get to this point of the episode, I just named probably 70 to 75 QBs that if you're taking the any quarterback on a two deep strategy, if you're looking at the 12 team start 11, 30 man rosters, 12 quarterbacks on the roster, 40%. As long as you're in a 12 team format, I think you can roughly take that 40% number and apply it to your league. I will say if you have less roster spots, I still probably want to hit my thresholds at receiver, which is just going to dwindle down the numbers a little bit more at the other positions. So if it's a 12 team, start 11 or start 10, 25 man rosters, I probably still want the six or seven threshold receivers, which means I'm just going to have less spots for running backs and for quarterbacks. But ultimately, I probably want to be around this 30 to 40% number of my total roster spots being held at the quarterback position. So I've given you like 70 to 75 names that I'm literally going into the offseason, carrying, and then seeing what happens. And then you're going to see another dozen or so QBs. If you look at mock draft database, you got Drake May, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, Michael Penix going in the first round. J.J. McCarthy, the first pick of the second round. Let's just call it four quarterbacks in the first round, another two or three in the second, early third. And then maybe another half dozen that go from round three to round five. So you're talking about 12 quarterbacks that are rookies that you then add to that mix. You're probably close to 85, maybe upwards of 90 QBs that come June. You're going to go, man, there's a lot of QBs and I don't know what's going to happen with a lot of these situations. So embrace the strategy. Look for creative ways to get these guys. Clearly look for waivers in every league. You know, wait to those moments where people start cutting players because they have to activate them off their taxi because the one-year expires, or they have to activate them off injured reserve. It means they have to cut some players. Who are people likely to go in and cut? Eh, Kyle Trask. I don't need him. They're just going to let backups go for free, which is why I'm not going to advocate going out there and giving up anything for any backups. You want to take a shot randomly on like a Dorian Thompson-Robinson for a fourth or something like that? Okay. If you have names of guys you like, fine. But generally, I'm building this strategy, and I'm doing it like 98% with free players, free ads, because other people don't value them and or other people are going to cut them when they actually have a roster squeeze. So let me know if you have any questions on this. It's an interesting episode. I love doing this episode every single year, just talking about the quarterback landscape. And it's amazing because this is a show that we've spent over an hour talking And I hardly started at all talking about any of the jobs that we're looking at as starters. I really didn't talk much at all about starting jobs because I don't care. I really don't care. You're either good for fantasy and you're in the top 20 or so, but then you look at the war and you go, anybody below that, I don't want to artificially value them because they are quote unquote starters. A lot of these backups that could get opportunity are just as good for fantasy and just as valuable to have. And if you roster construct right, the biggest key, and this is the last time I'll talk about this for this year with this quarterback strategy, the biggest key is you look at the war, and the biggest takeaway is that if you can construct right and give yourself the flexibility to roster seven, eight, nine backup quarterbacks. You literally have multiple QB3s and QB4s on your team already. You don't know when. You don't know against who. You don't necessarily know in what situation. But you have multiple QB3s and QB4s. You're literally sitting on a free Derek Carr, a free Mac Jones, a free Kenny Pickett. Where those guys have been for the last two years is exactly what you're sitting on for free by rostering a Taylor Heineke, a Kyle Trask, you know, whatever the name is. You know, there's good situations, there's bad ones, there's one we like, there's ones we wouldn't, but look at Nick Mullins. Look at Jake Browning. Those guys really aren't even any good, but for fantasy, they've been the same as those other starters that people value because, well, hey, Kenny Pickett, he's a starter. Yeah, he's got a job, so I value him at least a second-round pick. Meanwhile, I go, okay, sure, give me that second, but make sure you throw in Nick Mullins. Well, he's on injured reserve, but I know he's the Vikings' backup. So that's the strategy in a nutshell. Let me know if you have any questions on it. Check out the Roster Construction Series. The five previous episodes of Destination Dynasty was the Roster Construction Series going by position, by position, and then talking a little strategy in the fifth episode. And this is a perfect piggyback on it. So with that, I will go ahead and sign off for the week. Check out everything at destinationdevy.com Oh, and Destination Chill this week, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Ray and I will be back with a very special type of episode. I think if you loved Destination Dynasty, if you loved the roster construction episode, if you like this kind of talk, you need to be there. Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, on the Destination Devi YouTube channel, Ray and I will be doing a special episode of Destination Chill, something different than what we have done before, both him and I together. So with that, I will sign off. Happy holidays to everybody, and be chill. There's a rumor going down about me i Coming-